We meet today in Psalm chapter 109 to Psalm 113. Psalm 109 is a messianic psalm talking about the humiliation of Christ. It is in, inscribed to the chief musician, a psalm of David. This psalm pictures the humiliation of Christ, and it is an imprecatory psalm. It has been called a Judas Iscariot psalm by others, because Simon Peter quoted from this psalm in reference to Judas Iscariot. Acts chapter 1 verse 20 says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Now notice how this psalm describes Judas Iscariot. We begin with Psalm 109, verse 6 to verse 10. Psalm 109, verse 6 to verse 10. Set a wicked man over him, and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children continually be vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also from their desolate places. Now, you cannot find anything more dreadful than this imprecatory prayer, which was applied to Judas Iscariot. The word of God is very clear on the subject. Judas was a guilty man, and he was a lost man. This psalm makes the condition of being lost actually very frightening. It is a terrible thing to be a lost person. In fact, the Lord Jesus said, But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed, it had been better for that man if he had not been born. You see, the Lord Jesus made it very clear that the condition of being lost is a terrible thing. In John 3 verse 36, where he gave the wonderful invitation, he also gave the other side of it. He contrasted light and darkness. This is what he said. He who believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Well, my friend, the wrath of God remains on the person who has not trusted Christ. Jesus Christ endured God's wrath for us there on the cross. He did it for you and me. He did it for us. And our only way of salvation is to trust him. If we do not God's wrath will remain on you. God's wrath will remain on us. Psalm 110, another messianic psalm. It now talks of the exaltation of Christ. You see, this psalm is like Psalm 109, a messianic one. It speaks of exaltation of Christ and begins his ascension. Also, this psalm is remarkable because it sets forth the deity of Christ. You could not in any way consider this psalm and still deny that Jesus Christ is God. It is referred to many times in the New Testament. The book of Acts, the book of Hebrews refer to this psalm. At the time, the enemies of Jesus were making their final onslaught upon him. The Herodians, a political party, 
tried to trap him by forcing him to make a political statement that would mark him as a traitor to the Roman uh, Empire. When they failed to do that, the Sadducees, a liberal religious group, tried to trap him with a ridiculous question regarding the Mosaic Law. When they failed, the Pharisees, a religio-political party, tried to trap him. Jesus' answer puzzled the Pharisees. So while they huddled again to plan further strategy, Jesus asked them a question. Listen to this. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. This is from Matthew 22, verse 41 to verse 46. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus asked a straightforward question. What do you think of Christ? The Pharisees answered that he was the son of David. And upon hearing this, the Lord pointed them to Psalm 110 to show them their insufficient knowledge of that particular portion of Scripture, which the Jews interpreted as messianic. So this Psalm written by David shows the Lord talking to the Messiah, Jehovah talking to the Messiah. David calls Messiah my Lord. And any Jew who admitted Messiah was David's descendant was faced with this psalm where David calls Messiah his Lord and claims that he is superior. This showed that Messiah would be more than a king who would merely be a political ruler upon the throne. Also, since David called him Lord in this psalm, how can he be his son? The Lord cannot be son by natural birth. It had to be by supernatural birth. This psalm is telling us that the Lord Jesus Christ, Israel's Messiah, was virgin born. The Lord said to my Lord. You see, this is an equal speaking to an equal. This is God speaking to God, if you please. Hebrews 1 verse 13 says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? You see, again, this passage sets forth the deity of Christ, and it could not be given to us in any stronger fashion. When people say that the Bible does not teach the deity of Christ, they are not acquainted with this section of the word of God. I can assure you of that. Now listen to Psalm 110, verse 1 to verse 6. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers. In the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the Jew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute 
kings in the days of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. You see, my friend, Christ is coming again in judgment. As Psalm 2 verse 9 makes it very clear, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. This is the Lord. Psalm 110 verse 7 says, He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Dr. Geblin's comment about this verse is a fitting conclusion actually to this psalm. Here it is. The passage places before us once more the humiliation and exaltation of the Lord. The humiliation is that he drank of the brook in the way. We are reminded of the 300 warriors of Gideon who went down on their knees and lapped water like dogs and who were later used and exalted through victory. But he went deeper than that. He drank of the deep waters of suffering and death. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. What a wonderful psalm it is to us. Psalm 111 is a hallelujah psalm for the works of God. This psalm celebrates the works of God. It begins a series of three hallelujah psalms, Psalm 111, 112, and 113. So this psalm praises God for his works and also for his redemption, which is the new song that will be sung in heaven. The old song is the song of creation. The new song is the song of redemption. Both are in this psalm. Listen to Psalm 111 verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. You see, praise the Lord means hallelujah. Notice the works for which he is being praised. Psalm 101 verse 2 to verse 4. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Now, the idea today of attributing the origin of this universe to natural causes takes away the glory from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is robbing him of his glory. It is as bad as denying the Lord's redemption or denying him as the Savior. If you accept him as your Savior, you also accept him as the Creator. Now the psalmist mentions the redemption that we have, which is part of the Hallelujah Chorus. Listen to that. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Oh, let us praise the Lord for his works. The works of the Lord are great. They are great in his creation and display his omnipotence and his eternal wisdom. They are even greater in his redemption, which reveals his righteousness, honor, and glory. Finally, the day will come when the redemption will be consummated and all things will be put under his feet. 
then the redeemed nations and creation will itself sing his praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 112 is also an interesting hallelujah psalm. It is a hallelujah for the righteousness of God. It is also written as an acrostic in the Hebrew. You see, several of the psalms are acrostic on the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. This approach may have been a way to make the lines more memorable. It also provided the composers with a ready-to-use structure that allowed them great latitude in how they could approach their themes. So the emphasis is on praising God for his righteousness. Because of his righteousness, God must judge sin. Now, are you not glad, my friend, that God is who he is? Suppose he, were, he was the devil and he attempted to deceive us and destroy us. It is a horrible thing even to contemplate. But the difference is vast, my friend. God is good. He is righteous. And for that very reason, he has to deal with sin. The day will come when he will make things right. I want him to make things right in that day, but even now in my life. So this psalm is something that calls us to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Psalm 112 verse 1. Now, my friend, don't despise God's commandments. They are a mirror and they will let you see who you really are. Don't despise the commandments. But if you are honest, you know that you cannot be saved even by just keeping the commandments. They show you who you are. And when you have been shown, go and clean yourself. And where do we clean ourselves? We go and clean ourselves in the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But the commandments will reveal to us that we need a Savior. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Psalm 112 verse 3. You see, God will never run out of righteousness. He has a good supply of it. Our God is righteous. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Psalm 112 verse 4. You see, there arises light in the darkness. Why? Because God is gracious, compassionate and righteous. We really do not know how good God is. If we did, we would sing the hallelujah chorus even more and more. Praise the Lord. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Psalm 112 verse 6. You see, my friend, God is not going to lose sight of his own throughout eternity. He will remember them. You see, they will be in everlasting remembrance. And he will never be shaken. Psalm 112 verse 9 says, He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. You see, God is interested in the poor and he has the only poverty program that is going to work. What human beings come up with will not solve the problems of the world. 
the wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. That is verse 10 of Psalm 112. You see, the day is coming when wickedness will end. It will be gone forever. And for that reason, this psalm is a hallelujah psalm. We should also sing hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113, the last of the hallelujah psalms, is a chorus to God as creator and redeemer. And this psalm, to the majesty of God, opens the hallel psalms beginning with this one all the way to Psalm 18, which were sung actually at the Passover feast, uh, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Tabernacles, and probably all the feasts of Israel. This is a precious and a delightful psalm of praise and worship. Listen to it. Praise the Lord. Praise all servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 113 verse 1. Now we should not take the Lord's name in vain. We should praise the Lord. It is a praise that will never be exhausted because it is to creation's Lord, to creation's Redeemer. Here is Psalm 113 verse 2 to verse 6. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? You see, my friend, God is so high and lifted up that he has to stoop down in order to look into the heavens and even on the earth. He is a lofty God. Now notice what God is going to do. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. Psalm 113 verse 7. You see, he is the Savior, the Redeemer. That's what he does, taking the poor out of the dust and the need out of their airship, and he sees them as queens and princes. Here is Psalm 113, verse 8 to verse 9. That he may sit him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home, like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. That is verse 8. And verse 9 of Psalm 113. Isn't this wonderful? Praise the Lord. The power of God is unlimited. Not only can he make a prince out of a pupa, no, but he can make a mother out of a barren woman with such a unique and wonderful God. It is a little wonder that the psalmist concludes where he began. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It is time, my friend, to praise the Lord. Oh, that God's people would praise him. Tell someone today that God is good. Then back it up with your own experience of his goodness to you. Praise the Lord. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one 
1-800-242-4475. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072 641 4475.